0: hello 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 welcome into episode one of season two of my humble opinion podcast this is your girl chef sharon and as you can hear i am a little underweather got a little sinus thing going on but it's okay it's not gonna stop me from being here with you guys today um so listen i have a good show planned for you um I have Big Drew, or Pastor Drew, as I like to call him. (laughs) I have him on with me today, and we're going to discuss the uh, Zaya conversation, Uh, Dwayne Wade and Gabriel Union's daughter, uh, Zaya, we're going to talk about that. Um, And you know, like, like I always tell you guys, I don't like to get into celebrity gossip, celebrity business. But sometimes situations happen that start a conversation. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a conversation about that topic. And so I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, Let's go ahead and jump in.
1: Hey. hey, Drew. Yep.
0: Hey, what's going on? <laughs> another,
1: another day, another dollar. You know,
0: I, if I had your hand, I would throw mine in.
1: <laughs> no, that's right.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> Why must we do this?
1: I don't know. We can't say hello. We're not <laughs> people.
0: not <laughs> say hello. Well, um, yeah. thanks. Thanks for being here with me. Thank you for um showing up on uh, yet again, so, well you were the uh on the first episode of, of um season one of my humble opinion podcast so you are officially on the first episode of season two of my humble opinion podcast so thank you for joining me big drew
1: yeah i, I, I like to call you pastor drew but <laughs> i think you should just combine all the names pastor big drew drew Pastor drew big yeah big pastor <laughs> drewfus. <laughs> Just <laughs> Drewfus,
0: yes. <laughs> so um I think we got a good uh topic today. I I specifically wanted you on this, um, especially with your background and um so many different ways I believe that you um can speak to this topic. And um I try not to do a lot of um, you know, celebrity gossip stuff or what's going on. You know, we, we already know I say that all the time, but I can't help but sometimes celebrities you know situations come about and or someone known you know to the public comes out and it in it and it um it it pushes the conversation it it sets the tone for a conversation and that's what i wanna do i wanna talk about the dwayne way Gabriel Union and their son or their daughter um situation i wanna um it it has that that topic um and the way America is handling. This family or the knowledge of this family's business um as as set set us up for some conversation that need to start being had, and I think my humble opinion is a good place to start the conversation,
1: yeah, and you know the funny thing about the conversation uh is that I feel like there's multiple conversations being had because uh we don't live in a unified like state, so like there's black America's conversation around this. And then there's the general mass public's conversation around this. And then there's the religious conversation around this. Mm -hmm. And most of them intercede religion, pretty much interweaves with majority culture and interweaves with black culture, especially with black culture. But it's funny. I have to bring that up just to say for anyone who's listening, there are multiple conversations being had. And um, I would definitely have to say the black conversation is the one that is catching the most attention, you know, as they call it, black Twitter, um, reaction to this is a very interesting thing. And I think that's, uh, because Nwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union are like, uh, you know, like they're a black celebrity couple, you know, Gabrielle Union's always out there. She's very pro, you know, black and, and always pushing, uh, equality agendas. And so, we see her out there, and Dwayne Wade, same thing. And they're really, they're a really positive couple that a lot of black people can look to and say, "That's a good black love story," you know. And not to so like when they last year, when they supported their son, who went to a pride um, parade, you know, everyone was a little shocked, but they were fine with it. And then as time evolved, uh, you know, the child then decided. I, I, I want to identify as a woman now or as a, as a girl from, from this point forth. And I think that's when it just blew up and everyone wanted to put their opinion on it, which I got to play devil's advocate. I kind of feel like it's a good thing. I don't think it's good that we're per- Like that people want to personally get in their business, mm-hmm. but I think it's time that we start having this conversation and stop ignoring it and making it about them. Because for a long time, we felt like transgender and LGBTQIA plus issues have always been a white issue or a majority culture issue, but not a black issue. Mm-hmm. this is a young man who's African American, and now we're like in young or young young woman, and it's hard for me to make the adjustment. Um, not hard for me to make the adjustment, but you see the mistake. Yeah, make, you have to be mindful
0: yeah. of you have to make the adjustment. Yeah.
1: And so it's just like, boom, it's just right there in our face. So I'm excited to get this conversation, you know, to 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 converse about this uh, in a little bit more depth than just their business. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. they family going to come and go. This issue is going to be with us.
0: Yeah, this is the thing now. This issue has been with us. Exactly. We have hidden it. We have, as society, we have made it okay to make laws against the, you know, like, it laws that it's it's a law against being gay or it's like you know i'm talking about america for 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 years you know it's you've had to hide you had to you know um you had to pretend you were something you weren't there are so many men who were married with children and families that had to hide that side of them. It was not accepted it was not you know um it was looked down on. and that's just we we're, we're just talking about someone who was identifies as gay now to identify as the opposite sex, a total different gender. Like I was born with uh, female parts, but inside of me, I am definitely a man or a male. I am a boy, you know, that starts at such an early age. You know, the the average person, everybody, no matter who you are, what your sexuality is or what your, you know, you at three or four that's your gender identity time. That's the time when you recognize girls versus boys when you recognize who you are you know and you identify with a certain gender has nothing to do with sex you're three, you're four you're not it's nothing to do with who you're attracted to it's about your identification and for 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 so long society has not wanted to accept that there are people who do not, identify with the body they've been given.
1: Yeah. And I think the reason, the reason why is that we've been told from a religious point of view, um, that admitting that a person, if a person's born with a particular set of genitalia that says, Hey, you're a man or you're a woman. If we say, but inside, I feel this way we've been forced this false notion that God made a mistake, Uh, that that the that the person who's asking to transition to something else is making a grandiose statement that God made a mistake. And that person's not making that statement. That person is saying, this is what I'm feeling inside of me. This is who I'm identifying as from the, from internally. And so the transfiguration that they're wanting to go through is is one of truth like they want to live this truth that they've been trying to fight and they're not trying to make a statement against god but we've been taught that if a person says i like men and they're a man or if i I do this i do all these other things that they're saying that god made a mistake and i don't believe that that's the person most people's heart on that i don't think anyone's coming out saying oh god you made a mistake here i'm gonna correct it um But I think that's from my angle. That's what I've always experienced is, uh, you know, anytime I had to deal with transgender people in my work, in my former work, where I would bring a person into the shelter, I would have grown men, other ministers who were around. I would have people come pull me to the side because I wasn't struggling with it externally, but they were (laughs) struggling with it internally and externally. And so they would pull me to the side and say, Help me make some sense of this because they felt like that person's very existence was a protest against God. And I would have to back people down off of that often. Like Mm. this person is just living what they feel their truth is. Yeah. Um, And I would often have to use these parallels of like, you know, we often are involved in a sin pattern that we are comfortable in, or we're often involved in something that people can identify. I should say that people can identify as wrong, but we don't even realize or know it's wrong. Um, And, and period point blank, we're not going to even think about moving off of that. And because it's just natural, it's our context, it's who we are. So I think we're hypocritical and so sometimes we lack empathy. And I think that's the number one thing that that stops us from loving people just for who they are and and not wanting to do the work to get to the root issue of what's our problem. Why are we so intimidated? Why are we so threatened by it? So that's really kind of like my question for you. Like have you you ever felt like that you were like the transgender just being honest, did you ever feel that any type of threat or fear or animosity like did you ever feel anything before you evolved into the thought of seeing and hearing them clearly did you ever have any kind of angst against people in the transgender community no
0: i mean no for one i did in in growing up in a black community it's not something i ran across the transgender uh
1: i bet you did
0: every (laughs) time
1: I said, I bet you did, but
0: I mean, every you I see it. I did see it, but it wasn't like I said, certain people are hidden, are swept under the rug are pushed away, and they're not allowed to function and be alive with it. We see them in passing oh, that's so and so, cousin, you know, you see them every now and then, but they didn't get to be a part of the community and function with us. And you know what I'm saying? So, I, think- I mean, gro- I mean, growing up, like, you know, now, you know, I, I see a person who is transgender and honestly, literally nothing comes to mind. I think the only thing that comes to mind is they're strong because I know this world has beaten them down. That's the only thing that comes to mind is I wonder what their struggle has had to be. I wonder what their story is. I wonder when they were brave enough to come out. When the, when were they brave enough to dress the part, to you know start hormone therapy or whatever it is that they're doing. I wonder when they finally said enough is enough, you know, or what was their support system like. That's the only thing that kind of comes to my mind now. Um, I've never had a judgment towards anybody, and I never felt, of course, why would I feel threatened? What are they gonna do to me? You know, I've never felt anything. Um, bad about well, anybody in the LGBT. You know
1: and I you think mean? so for me. Like when I when I reached back, and the reason I asked you that question because for me, when I reached into my emotions, I did. I felt a like because people fear what they don't understand, and my lack of understanding caused a false sense of of a trepidate, like a fear, and kind of like, hey, what does this mean to me? Or like because here is the thing. For ma- like for t- in the world of toxic masculinity, if you see a transgender person and this person is fine and you like that person, now all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, look at her," and then it's like, "Oh, that's a man," and all of a sudden now you questioning your sexuality. Now this is the right. age era in which I grew up in, so this is just me being honest about it from a man standpoint. That was usually a lot of our fear was that you know, like, you know, and, and I think almost every man has a story of a time where they may, whether they want to admit it or not, where they may have looked at someone who was transgender and thought that they were the sex that they are attracting, like, and, which right. they are that sex, but, you know, like, and it just makes you question. It would make people question their sexuality in an uninvited way. So I think that was, the, that's kind of like the truth that I have to put on the table that that's a I part think,
0: of the... the I, think that's a, I think that's a male truth because yeah. one society has always accepted women being with other women more than they have men being with Without, me. exactly, just,
1: yeah, the, yeah.
0: You know, that's just one truth. And, that's you know, a to-
1: and it's a toxic truth, too. Let me not... Let, let's not just say it's a, a current positive male truth. That comes from and is birthed from toxic masculinity, which is drenched in homophobia. So... Put yeah. just to put that there that it's not healthy, but that is where it comes from. Being honest, you know.
0: So, so I never had to have that that feel like looking at a the say say there's because I'm I'm attracted to men. So say there's a woman, and and most of the time in the hood, you had a woman who identified in a more manly way. You knew she was a woman. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. She just dressed manly. You knew she was a woman, so there was no threat to be attracted to her you know, um, and, and mistakenly or whatever. But, um, again, it's, it's acceptable for me to be attracted to a woman in society. I'm not looked down on like, you know, I'm anything less like, so men, like even, even, you know, you can, you got men that will date a woman that has been with other women, a bisexual woman, but a a woman will not, That's straight, she'll, she's not going to date a bisexual man. I mean, that's the general, you know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> they don't even get to be called. Men don't even get to be called bisexual. If you've been with a man, I don't care how many women you're with, you gay. You know, as far as you know, the the the, the that that idea in society. You know, I'm I'm not saying that's my opinion or what I share. I'm saying that's you know just the general rule out here.
1: Yeah. You know? Well, we saw what happened with we, we. Me and you talked about this last year with Malik Yoba. Um uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we saw how it kind of did something where people came out to drag him and people came out, some people came out to support him, but it's still that I I, I brought that up just to say, that's still one of the reasons why people can't differ between, okay, I want to be a woman, but I haven't figured out my sexuality. Uh, Like as far as, you know, like I haven't announced my sexuality in this way. People are upset because they're like, okay, they instantly go to, he's going to transition. They're going to, they have the means to for him to transition. So they're going to pay for these surgeries and they're going to pay for hormone therapy. And we don't know those people's lives, but we instantly go there and think, or we think that when it last year, when the kid wanted to go and his family went and supported him at the pride parade, we instantly assumed that there was an assertion on his sexuality that like he's made, uh and at the time it was he but you know now it's she and it's like this she had made a decision about whether she liked you know like this that, and other and it's like why are we so concerned about the question is for me is like why are we so concerned about people's sexuality yeah. Yeah, why are we concerned
0: with it? Like, period. Like, just for the whole community as a, I mean, you know, LGBTQ community as a whole. Like, why has their sexual preference, um, gender preference, all why has it been of any of our concern to the point that we feel that we should be able to punish, we should be able to withhold, you know, uh, benefits, you know, because we don't agree with their choices or whatever, you know, <clears throat> um why is it our business? And I'm glad we're coming to the part, part in society where we're realizing it's not and, and people are starting to get their freedom and their laws and you know uh they're like they're able to be married now. Why was that our business? You know, different things like that. And all of it's rooted in religion, uh religious, you know, religion um rules and regulations, you know, and okay, so there's a conversation that could be had today that can go off into the religious stuff. You were talking about um, some stuff earlier. And it was like, ah, do we want to have that conversation? Because now we have to get into, you know, people's spiritual beliefs and um, talking about God. And I don't know if I'm ready to have that deep conversation as to, you know, who God is. Is God perfect? What is our uh, our image of God, and you know, just getting into the to the deepness of that, you know, it, it, what does God want out of all of this? And this child was obviously created. He, this child obviously did not decide for himself that she wasn't, you know, that she was in the wrong body, you know, like it, it, some somehow this happened. And, and we can't, we can't just explain it away through religious, you know, like, like the conversation has to be had. I'm not, I'm too exhausted. I don't think well, I'm ready to have so, that one.
1: <laughs> and I think, that, yeah, and I think the big difference between like understanding the difference between what does God say about something and what religion says about something, there's two different conversations because we often find ourselves in, in the boat of looking at what religious standards have been passed down. So like if I'm Muslim or if I'm Christian or, or Buddhist or whatever it might be, there is usually a religious standard that is passed down from generation to generation that fit and, and it alters according to the different societies and it, and it tweaks according to what is good for that particular era. And there is some leftovers, there's always some residuals behind. So like we are still kind of crippled by uh, the changes uh, to religion that the Victorian era Uh, placed on us. And America is still kind of bound by some of those things. And so even from the way that we do church, you know, like the way church in itself was done in a Christian context uh, for the first 15, you know, for the first 500 years was done one particular way. And then all of a sudden, you know, we start looking at one guy on the pulpit and we start doing things different. So the religious fingerprint, I often have to always point this out, the religious fingerprint is man's fingerprint. It's not God's. Uh, God, yes, is in, is what we're there for. But we stumble along the way trying to figure things out. And I believe that there's grace on both ends. Like I believe that if we if we're missing the mark on when we read something in a scripture and we say, "Okay, God must have mean this." Sometimes we're off, and sometimes, and you know, like, and we're gonna be off. The mystery of the gospel is there for us to continue to seek God's face and, and evolve and grow into it. Some things that I knew was dead wrong in 2012, I've now through experience and epicanosco, like actual knowing of God have evolved into a space in which where right I now understand God is greater than my small mindset. So yes, <laughs> I think that what has to happen is, yeah, the religion conversation does have to exist one day, not this show, but and once you get into that religious conversation i think the to be fair is to also make sure that it exists and all the like pick a bit, you know it has to be broader than the christian context cuz i think as the as christians stumble through figuring things out um which we do and god's grace is there for us and he loves us for trying to figure it out We are getting a lot of things wrong. We are getting a lot of things right, but we are getting some things wrong. And we are very emphatic about some of these things. And we'll know one day whether we got it wrong or right. But I do know this, and this may get, you know, for some people it may, they may disagree with me on this one, but um, I do know that God made all of us. I do believe that God is love. And I do believe that, uh, even Jesus, he who knew no sin was born into sin. And I know that, and I believe within my heart that each one of us are born into situations that preexisted before us. And yet and still, God is God and God knows and God still remains to be loved. So for me, I see no reason for me to assert that God made a mistake. Uh, and I don't believe that God did not create a person I believe that, you know, like, for what purpose does a 11-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 7-year-old or 5, you know, like, we're starting to see it at all these different ages. Mm -hmm. We're starting to acknowledge it, I should say, because we've been seeing it. Um, Because I I hate this false narrative that it didn't exist or that people were pushed into the margins. The weirdest thing is they were there. It's just we were pushed away from certain people, but they were there. Mm -hmm. And um I think this 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 notion that God made a mistake, we should reframe our thought to maybe because we know God doesn't make a mistake. We should be maybe in listen to a person, and if it is their truth, maybe we should look point the mirror back to ourselves and stop thinking that in the three parties involved here, that person's not lying. We know God's not a lie. Maybe it could be us. Yeah, that's perpetuating the lie. That's this, belie- you know, because it's us with the problem. We it, we run through the Bible, we run through text and we try to dig and desperately find what does God say about this? And then when we find he doesn't explicitly say one particular thing, then we start grabbing at old law, Levitical law and other thing to say, well, God says that a man can't, you know, Deuteronomy 22, 5, it says you can't wear this. You can't. Well, let's take a look. Well, the next scripture turns around and says you gotta you you know, if you're out hunting, you gotta give one you know, you gotta free the mother bird if you capture a nest. It's like so <laughs> all these different statements that go into it. It's like, let's take a look at that's why I brought up earlier my heart back in the day, and it's still some residuals around it. There's still some remnant, was a fear of having to explore my sexuality in spaces that I, and in times that I didn't want to, if I see a woman and I, and I objectify that woman and I say, Hey, that woman's fine. And then I find out, okay, that woman is transgender. That woman has a penis. Then all of a sudden I'm reviewing like, "Uh Oh, what does that say about me? And that's childish and all those other things, but it's time for me to go back to the root issue. Why was I even objectifying that woman from the get-go? And I don't want to stop object. If I don't want to stop objectifying women, it's easier for me to say, uh, I got a problem with transgender mm-hmm. instead of I got a problem with a lustful eye.
0: You're right. Well, you know what? I want to take it back to, you know, begin we were talking about uh the child and their Desire to be who they feel like they are. Now, what I'm hearing a lot of people say is, "I'll support my child." You know, if they feel like they're this or that, and you know, most people can't get past gay or homosexual, and to even get to gender identification, they don't they don't know how to separate the two. They don't know how to, you know, say that there's something more here at play. Um, I heard a, a lady, a lady whose podcast I listened to. She did a, a live lesson and I was listening. She wanted to talk about this particular subject and she said, you know, I support my kids, you know, um, whatever you feel like you are, but you will do that when you get out of my house, you know, how do you support them in being who they feel like they are? Like she has a boy and a girl. She's like, you going to dress like a girl. If you're a girl, you're going to dress, you know, my girl is not going to be dressed in boy clothes. You do that when you get out of my house. And a lot of people are saying, you know, I wait till they're grown and can make decisions for themselves. And what they do when they leave this house is up to them. And that's all I want to find if you want to stick to your rules and your regulations, don't say you support them. You support your rules and your regulations right. because yeah. supporting them is, you know, allowing them to identify themselves to you and to walk in that truth, whatever that looks
1: like. Yeah. And, it, and it's, and, you know, and and granted it has to be given take on both ends, but I think that comes in with raising your children and you have to really actually raise your children. And I'm not saying it's just to be like an indictment to say that all people are bad parents that are thinking that way. But what I am saying is when you're involved with your child and not as much with your job and your, your church and all these other things, when you're grown my chat, my children, you know, like I'm trying my best to let my children grow up with me. And what I mean by that is like, I'm a part of their life. So yeah, there's going to be some things they don't want to talk to me about, but I I want to represent a part of their life in such an intimate space that they can come to me. And I get that fathering from the way that God fathers us, like the way God loves us. And I think if we really start showing our kids actual like, making our attempt at that agape style love, like making our attempt at really intimately loving our children, then we don't, you know, like partying and hanging out and and all the mess and the drama and all the other things, spend intimate time, like not just talk at them or have a few conversations, but really like let, and I think, and like let your child, like be your child's best friend. But what I am saying is,
0: be their safe place.
1: Be a safe space.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Be, a be, safe be a place space. where
0: they know that they can come to you and they can get acceptance, understanding. They can get the truth. They can get discipline. They can get, you know, everything that they need for nurturing, for growth, for, you know, they can get that in you. Even if they choose to reject it, if they choose, I'm not ready, you know, it's there and they
1: know it's there, you know? Um, Yeah, because think about it. If it's you and your child and God, like, and I always put the religious factor in there because, you know, but like, if if you, I'll put you like this. I'm willing to go with God and ride for my child in all situations. And I think what's happening for a lot of parents is that a lot of parents have been raised under this oppressive mindset that they can't ever go against society. And I'll put it to you like this if my mother or my father have the mindset that would be condemning of my child, I'm going to, with all love and respect, kindly rebuke my parents in the sense of I'm not going to I'm going to love my child ferociously you know what I'm saying like for lack of a better term right. I'm going to ride with my child if if there's an intimate relationship there I'm protecting that because I want to make sure my child feels open and free and I'm going to have hard conversations I'm going to be willing to to be a source of ridicule in society and I think a lot of parents don't want that that's why they say you can do it once you get out of my house because they don't want to. They don't. Yes, exactly. They and don't you know, want my mom calling them up saying, baby, what's wrong with your child?
0: So, And I'm like,
1: so, I wish you would call me and ask me what's wrong with my child. <laughs>
0: right. So when you think about Dwayne Wade and Gabriel Union, so what if they decided to start him or her on hormone therapy? If they decided to, you know, start the process, not, not necessarily right now, but start the research on, you know, the the transit, the, the physical transition and process, you know, um, what's wrong with that? If that person feels that they are what they are and they've always felt that way. Because see, the, the news is just now getting it. They've been with this child since, you know, what I'm saying whose child is, is it, is it his, is this his child?
1: So the the actual details of it is Dwayne Wade's first two children is from his previous relationship when he was a young player. And, um, basically, um, he got custody of of his two children as well as like he has custody of one of his nephews. Um, and he has raised those, those young men to, to be pretty good young men. And so, uh, and now he's, his 12 uh, year old has made the transition into being, uh, a pretty stolid young lady. And so good parenting on uh, and has always really been on display as a good father. And so once uh, Gabrielle Union kind of came into the picture, um, I think the celebrity factor kind of came in a little bit more. And so there's resources that kind of comes with that too. Like Gabrielle Union has come out to say that she instantly called the cast of Pose up uh, to get it to seek advice. And so They have the means, they have the money uh, to also seek out doctors and do all the best that they can. And I know that the child's birth mother has been rumored to say that she's not comfortable saying that that's her daughter, that she's going to always say that that's her son. But that's a rumor. I've never I've never heard those words come out of her mouth. So I don't know what the truth is behind that. I only bring all of that up just to say that kind of goes to something we were talking about earlier the family dynamic that kind of goes in with these decisions as society is making transitions, you can create a safe space for you and your child, but I think you also have to do some advocacy work. Um, it can't just be about you creating a safe space with your child. It's about you going out and sowing the seed and start having hard conversations with big mama and uncles and yeah. other people to create a safe space and a bold space um, because that's what's gonna create a successful transition, and that's um, the
0: support. That's the support that the child needs. You know, not like I acknowledge you behind closed doors, and I said, baby, if that's who you feel like you are, but when we get outside this door, big, you know what I'm saying, big mama, you're gonna have to fall under her rules and what she thinks, are, you know. So yes, that is the way it's to it's the the for your immediate. Influence the people around you, you can go before your child and and lay that cushion and lay that lay them boundaries down and you know um make sure that when that child is being approached because this has got to be um a, 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 a difficult or confusing time for the child or like you know they got a lot that they're dealing with, and they don't need grown folk and their opinions and their mouth and their strong powerful will. To come up against them and make matters worse, you know, so.
1: Yeah, yeah and that's true. And this going to sound hypocritical on my part. And I, and I recognize that this is me living in hypocrisy, maybe, but it's my truth. I, I got to speak it. I do. I am very concerned when I hear of younger people in general making lifelong decisions before they, their brain is fully developed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I do struggle with that because I'm a man who was married at 17 and divorced by 26. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like for me, I made a lifelong decision. I got a vasectomy at 27 and wanted kids at 35. Wanted more kids at 35. So, you know, like I understand regret And I understand, you know, like sometimes you're not mature enough to make certain decisions. My vasectomy decision was solely based off of the here and now that was in front of me. Um, And then my situation in my life flipped dramatically within 10 years. And so all I'm saying is I am very cautious and it could be and and it comes from my own mess. You but could no, say, but I am very conscious of young people making, making like
0: permanent life decisions at such number. I totally agree with that. However, in that position, first of all, everybody ain't Gabriel Union, Dwayne way. They ain't got the money to help their child transition. Nothing right. no way So but even for the cases of people who do or can, you gotta do your research and you gotta see medically what is better, you know, if what's safer. The other thing is is we gotta stop writing it off as an option or a choice. If this person feels they're not gonna change their mind. If at five years old I'm identifying as a boy but I got a girl a vagina and I'm still telling everybody I'm supposed to have a penis, then more than likely when I get grown, I'm not gonna be like, oh good thing I kept that vagina. More than likely who I identify with is who I identify with. You know, now as far as making those 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 permanent physical changes, yeah, I think that a person should be a consenting adult, you know, past a certain age or at least past adulthood, 21 at least, to say, you know, hey, this is a decision I made, you know, that way it's like, you know what? I, and I just don't see them changing their mind, though. I don't. I don't see this being a look back on and like, I regret my parents helping me do this. You know, I, I think they, they'll they be happy with that decision. But, However, let uh, um,
1: But see. Now I have to kind of channel a little Gail King, but it's like, but who would say that? When will we ever hear that?
0: Well, I mean, like, and that's true. The thing is, is that, OK, we got to do the research. That's the part where I say you do the research. How many transgenders have, have have done the change and regretted it? We need to get statistics on that. Like not us, but Dwayne Wade and, and Gabriel Union, for example, they have a child who is identifying as the opposite sex. Now it's time to do the research. Medically, what does this do if we start them on hormones right at puberty? You know, is it better? Is it worse? Um, statistically, how many people get a sex change and regret it? What is the average age and with, within those ages, how many teenagers have done it? How many teenagers have wished that are became adults and that, do your research, find out what's the best bet for the child? Because if you got the money and you got the willing to go, you need to go informed. And, and, right.
1: that's and, not- if, uh-huh. I, and I don't even think it's the option too. like, I think when when these surgeons do these things, there's a requirement yeah. for time, space and research. Yeah. Um, you know, for these certain things to be made, uh, and for these things to you know to be done, so I think that part is there i i I definitely do say that I have seen in real life, given a real life example, not just i I've seen a person who was very happy that they didn't make a complete transition because they found themselves very proud of the state of who they were mm-hmm. at the space that they were, so this was a person who I dealt with on a almost daily basis sometimes, who identified completely as a woman, had a woman's name, wore a wig, had relationships with men, but was very, in a conversation, was very candid with me and said, I am very happy that I kept my penis because of the factor that I know that this reminds me of who I actually am. Now, that person found pride in who they were and it was including yeah. the penis, but identifies completely as a woman. And was like, as complex as that is. Yeah, it's, it's, and that's why it should
0: be made by an adult, not by parents who are supporting their child. Because you right. don't know, because if Will, if Will and Jada would have supported uh, Jaden, ain't that his name, Jaden? Yeah. If he wanted his penis cut off. I think he was 13 years old. And he wanted his penis cut off. I'm glad he, I know he's glad he's got it still. I know he's glad he's he has a penis, you know, but he wanted it cut off at what at one point. It was like all big in the news. I'm gonna get my penis cut off. You know, they didn't support him in that or they didn't cut it off. And I'm sure he's glad he has it to use now. You know, however he chooses to use it. So, you know, kids saying something and parents, we you your the support goes as far as you can go, but I'm I feel like I I don't feel like um I don't feel like the child is going to change their mind as far as what gender they <laughs> feel like they are. But I do feel that they should make the choice, uh, an adult choice to do with their body permanent transitions.
1: Yeah. That's the difference between it. So the conversation, the difference in the conversation here is also we're talking the difference between expression and transition. So, To feel like you are a woman and to express yourself as a woman and act upon that, you know, on those feelings and emotions is different from making a complete transition into it. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something and and a close friend of mine said this to me and I had and this was during the Caitlyn Jenner uh, conversations uh, said that no matter this person was completely supportive of Caitlyn Jenner but was the exact same age as Kate Jenner and pointed out I've had three kids or this, I'm, you know, just applying anonymity by just making up a number. But this person had several kids and said, you know, I've gone through uh, having a cycle for years. I've gone through hysterectomy. I've gone through all the menopause. I've gone through all these things that come along with, uh, with womanhood. I, I, I have the fear You know, when I get my mammograms and all these things. And I remember this person was expressing to me that when Caitlin Jenner won Woman of the Year, this person was like, it fits it as much as I support that person's right to transition, and I will call Caitlin Caitlin, it's hard, it was still hard, and she still struggled with saying, Is she really a woman? Because she's not really gonna. 60 some odd year old women don't look like that don't stand up like that don't their bodies aren't aren't snatched like that and it's just like that's a valid point that there's always gonna this person is always gonna live with knowing that they don't have the true actual uh so it's of it. Like,
0: do we find a space for them like um, yeah. so I guess they have a name, transgender, because, exactly. I mean, and, and, and that's the space they, the, 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 I guess that's the part where it makes it hard for society to accept, to change, and, instead of staying at transgender, so we can understand who you are. You are a person of this sex who feels like you're that sex, or you identify as, or dress like, or, you know, but when you change and you want me to call you a whole woman out here, and, or and you don't get a cycle every month or like Wendy Williams when she said what well, do y'all think about Galentine's Day and when the man clapped, she said if you're a man clapping stop you know like and I don't care if you're gay you will never be you don't ministrate every 28 days and you don't you know and she went in and now she had to issue an apology because society got down on her but she wasn't saying nothing wrong she wasn't saying <laughs> nothing wrong because you don't have the parts we have you don't go through what we go through just like we don't go through what you go through you know i can't get prostate cancer you know what i'm saying it's, it's 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 those kind of things that it's that divide it's that line it's like where do we the line between reality and what you want it to be and you want us to all live in what you want it to be and be okay with that but some of us live in reality, and the reality is you are born a man, but you feel like a woman. That's the reality, but you want us to call you a woman, and that's hard for some people and you know, and that's just the reality of it. I support you, I love you, but the reality is you ain't gonna have to never buy no Maxi pads like in real life
1: and and it's sort of like, and I'm okay checking the box like i'm o and will you ever be okay checking the box knowing that you're this type of woman? Like that there's always going to be an asterisk or something there that you're always going to be, you're a woman, but you're a trans woman. Is that, and then, you know, and it's like, that's just the reality. Some people are born this way. Some people are born that way. Just sort of like, it's the same thing as we've entered into putting terms on, on ethnicity and race. It's like, Hey, no matter how you spin it, (laughs) you were born black, you're going to be black. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you born white, you're going to be white or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same kind of thing that it's like, you can't help it, man. You know, it's just like, this is the hand you was dealt. Have pride in that hand and however you form it. But don't try to take part of my. I think that's when I was talking about the threat that people feel. That's part of that threat. That Well,
0: you know what? Then I can go back and say that I have. In a way, not not in the past. I mean, just recently, because I feel like I have a very evolved view, you know, when it comes down to um, and I don't want to say evolved like as if, though, it, I have a view that I feel is 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 healthy when it comes down to all people. I don't care what your uh, preference is, what your what you identify as, whether you identify as heterosexual, bisexual, you know, homosexual, whatever you identify. I feel like I have a healthy point of view of letting pe- people be. Live and let live, you know, um, but however, I will say I have gotten offended in certain things, like when they were talking about taking the female symbol off of the tampon box to be inclusive of transgender women. Well, if you're a woman and you identify as a woman, then you that female symbol should be what you identify as. So why are we removing it? And the other thing is, is why are you even concerned about a maxi pad? You don't have periods. So now I'm offended because I have horrible you know, I've I've dealt with that that has been a horror in my life that you'll <laughs> never have to experience. You're
1: you, you not hiding that pain,
0: right you know. <laughs> it, yes, it has been a very painful experience for me. And and for you to even have the audacity to touch that, it's like, come on, now I'm not I'm not getting in your way, dude. Don't come touch this, you know. And I so I will say that I have had some offense, it is not rooted in fear of the unknown or anything, it's more like. Okay, wait a minute. Like wait till you gotta go. But at the same time, I I, I don't want to push over to the line of saying you don't deserve to feel fully like a woman. You deserve to feel how you want to feel. I mean, I don't have a problem with that, but again, there's some of us who live in a reality that there are limits. The reality is that a man can could could get breasts and 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 dress like a woman and get long hair the whole nine yards and will never be able to carry a baby. will never be able to have a child come through their vagina. Cause they were born with a penis. <laughs> Even if they go to the surgery and get a vagina created, they were still born with a penis and the insides of them do not allow them. They don't have fallopian tubes and ovaries and uh, ovary. They don't have the, you know, the female parts that would carry a child and all of that stuff. So that is a reality. And that's not something that I would use to punish you, use to discredit you, use to um, belittle who you are. No, you're special because you get to experience both genders, where I only get to experience experience one.
1: And I think it's like the last thing I'll say about it. And I think that that support, what you just said, supports the notion of why I feel like I have to say for all of my support, I still feel like it's an adult decision Mm -hmm. because. That's a lot to have to live with, because I don't think that a 13, 12 year old have the capacity, even with their parents assistance to know what it's like, especially if you have straight parents um, who don't know the struggle. Um, But you don't you know, you you're going to have to sit with some of those emotions and feelings your entire life to know that you're putting yourself in a box where it's like. You're not. You're you're always going to have to find your own community and find these different things. And it's not to say that you're going to be straight as a, or you're going to be in a, whether it's gay, straight, or whether it's trans or or or, or gender conforming. Um, no matter what what category you put yourself in, you understand it. Like what you're about to embark uh, embark upon is going to be a lifelong journey, and I think. One of the points that I I, I missed, I failed to make is it's a long road and kids do have the energy to fight battles younger and younger. And I'm okay with that if they if their parents want to let them. But sometimes I I wish I would have shielded my children a little bit more and, and let them wait just a little bit longer to join certain fights. And that's going to be an uphill battle. And that's going to be an emotional fight. That's going to be a, a fight against society, against religion, all these other things that you're about to take on now. And you still got time to enjoy being 12. Uh, you still got time to enjoy being 13, 14, 15 and making these decisions that are a uh, 13, 12, 14. And the good thing is. As I've paid attention to the society that my 12 year old is growing up in they don't have the same struggles that I think a lot of the tension and the people are having the conversation are are us. The people who grew up in the eighties and the nineties who are scoping us millennials and generation X's we're viewing it through our selfish kind of scope. Mm -hmm. A 12 year old today can actually be openly gay or can be openly Identifying in another sex and not be abused right on the because, level.
0: yeah. And it's because the conversations were had with our age group, and now we're able to teach and pass it down to our kids, so they're not so shocked by it, or you know, like the 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 the, the prejudice against it is is fading away. You know, as it generations is. come on. But I do want to say this one thing, and then we can go ahead and wrap it up. But and I I. I Ricky Smalley said something that resonated with me. And the one thing that I hope that Gabriel Union and Dwayne Wade consider. Um, and, and, and I would say that with all these stars with the way they let their kids dress. If you're going to be a girl, respect yourself. Hold your tops with your belly out, long nails down. You're not dressed like a a, a 12-year-old. A, a 12-year-old girl in my life <laughs> It's not walking out the door dressed like this, you know, and that's just me. That could be my old fashionedness. But I feel like if you don't want your child to be sexualized or over sexualized or for them mm, to be looked at yeah. that way, please put some appropriate 12 year old clothes on that baby.
1: And that, that Don't they go across the board?
0: Yes. <laughs> know <laughs> know, that's what I said. And I want this for all the stars who allow their kids to dress age inappropriate. You know, yes,
1: I like they are. I don't
0: yeah. feel that. Some of the things you see this child wearing would be age appropriate you know like that ain't what my 12 year old child would be wearing you know my 12 year old girl would be wearing so put her in 12 year old girl clothes take them long nails and put her in some 12 year old fingernails <laughs> like I'm sorry i that's just me i don't yes. because you put them in a position to to wear and look grown you're gonna have grown men looking at them Looking at her.
1: I, you, I ain't getting nothing more than French tips. <laughs> you, you, see, you hear me? Like, That's age the- appropriate.
0: Give them something they can ha- handle at their age. You know, that yeah. I just so so please dress that baby age appropriately <laughs> just because they're, you know, they're, they're identifying as a girl. They're not identifying as a whore. Put some clothes
1: on her. Well, you know, that's a great point. And Magic Johnson's son is a good example. I think Magic Johnson's son dealt with this for years. And then once he got age appropriate, he went out, he was, uh, he went all out. And, uh, but it was age appropriate. He, once he hit 18, said, you know, 18 years old, then it was like, but before that it was just like, yeah, Magic's son's gay. But then it was, uh, and then we start seeing him in tight dresses and all the other different things. And, uh, but those were adult decisions and how he wanted to put himself out there but i love that point that's a good that's a good point i think it's one we all have to take in just we have to stop over sexualizing our children because trust me r kelly ain't the last one out there yeah. and have a lot we have a whole crop of r kelly's popping up if we don't start checking how we uh you know what i'm saying how we we frame things and how you know what i'm saying how we do it. Yeah, how we
0: allow our children to be presented or represented or whatever. I mean, I feel that it's still a level of decency and in orderness to this thing, you know, um I'm I'm open. I'm free to let people be who they are and all that, but there're just certain things that symbolize certain things and you can't change the meaning of that or the symbolizing of it for what you want it to be. You know, if you if you run it around with half your body showing that brings a message to people, not to say that that person gets to do anything in response to it now, but it still brings a message and it still brings certain things to mind. So people should consider that when they're putting clothes on their children, you know, but
1: no matter how you dress. No matter how those little girls were stressed, R. Kelly was still wrong. Yeah, Please don't yeah, take he was still wrong.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. it's not an invitation. I'm not yeah. saying yeah. it. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah it, it definitely sends a message, though. It sends a message. And, and sometimes for the sick mind who wants to see, wants, you know, wants to get a certain message, they definitely <laughs> will read what they want to read into that. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, and this is not about the whole predatorial thing. It's just about teaching her how to be a lady, how to respect her body, how to carry herself. You know, uh, there's just a way a lady carries herself. And if you're going to if you're going to be a lady, let's teach you how to be a lady, you know, in a, in a proper sense. And it's not even about avoiding predators or anything like that, but just respecting the temple that is your body. Oh, that's Every, a whole nother, a whole nother see that temple. Everybody should have access to your skin, you know. So that's just my point of view on it.
1: That's a good show. I can't wait till you do that one. <laughs> that's going to get you in trouble. Because <laughs> there's a lot of people, it's a, lot of, a lot of people in the feminist community that strongly disagrees with you. So I'll be interested to see if you step up and do that show.
0: I mean, I'm not, you know what? That's a whole nother show. So yeah, let me not get into that. Let's wrap this up.
1: I don't know. I don't know what this season is going to be. Listen, you listen, might, this is my you whole opinion. In season <coughs> you two, might you have Kool-Aid pumping through your
0: veins. Listen, you're going to get it how I give it to you in season two, because <laughs> I am no longer worried about being politically correct. And I'm definitely not worried about cancel culture. You can't cancel me because I ain't never been on anyway, but I'm not. Right. <laughs> I'm not too much worried uh, because opinions are like buttholes. We all have one, you know. And the thing is, is that you got to you got to use your opinion like like you got to use your butthole. You got to get that shit out. Excuse my language. You know what I'm saying?
1: I'll my sermon day, next week. That's good stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> at the end of the day, your opinion is what it is. And I'm tired of cancel culture telling me that if my opinion doesn't match <laughs> everybody else is like we're not walking around <laughs> like robots and thinking and feeling the same thing, or at least pretending that we do. No, this is my opinion about it. And, and I'm sharing it and, you know, just my not so humble opinion. Okay. So thank you for tuning in. My humble opinion, Andrew, you got anywhere you want them to find you or anything, anything you're doing great. You want to tell the people about <laughs> no, <laughs> I got
1: you. There's too good. much stuff going on. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys can find me on my humble opinion podcast page on Facebook. Go ahead and like and share. Um, share this episode. Let's get the conversation started. If you got any comments you want to put below the uh this post on my humble opinion podcast page on Facebook, go ahead and do so. Um, Chef Sharon's Kitchen. I am doing some new things. Go check me out on Chef Sharon's Kitchen, Facebook, Chef Sharon's Kitchen, Instagram. Check out what I got going on. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. Let's wrap this up. I am about to come to y'all uh, for the next maybe three or four weeks. I'm going to be doing a, a series uh, my humble opinion will be a dating series, uh, dating black love, black love dating series. And I want to talk to some married couples. We're going to talk to some single men, single women. Um, and we're going to have this conversation, get this conversation started about, you know, black love. And, you know, where are we going wrong? <laughs> you know, uh, some conversations need to get started because I think we need to come together. So the, I'm excited about that. Um, you'll, you'll begin get some new, uh, episodes posted. Uh, look for me every Tuesday, um, to, to give you a new podcast every Tuesday and I, that's it. Thanks for joining me. I'll talk to you guys next week.